Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got an important show today because we're going to be talking about finding balance inside and outside after a loss. And we have got the world's expert on finding balance. And she is a fabulous person and has had some recent losses on her own in the last couple of years of her partner and her husband a few years before that. So she's going to give us a lot of advice and thoughts about finding that balance. Do you want to introduce her, Heidi? I would love to. And I'm really excited to have her on because she is a leader in the field. Her name is Dr. Janice Nado. She is a psychologist, a marriage and family therapist, a nurse, and the author of Families Making Sense of Death. She is the recipient of ADACS, which is the Association for Death Education and Counselors. She is the recipient of their Outstanding Clinical Practice Award and is a member of the International Work Group on Death, Dying, and Bereavement. Welcome to the show, Janice. Oh, thank you so much. It's always delightful to keep company with you. Uh, it's so great to see you. I mean, I, I must say, um, Zoom is kind of stressful for everybody. On the other hand, it's wonderful to see a face. It really is, and especially to see your delightful face. Well, as you know, I, you know, we've talked to you about the fact that uh, my husband died uh, two and a half months ago, Heidi's dad, and I was with him for 60 years. And Wow. wow, I was looking forward to this show because I know that you know a lot about family stress and balance and what happens when you lose a major family member. Well, you know, so many things happen. It's hard to really, it's really hard to capture it. But I think there's a sense in the family uh, that everything has gone out of, gone out of kilter, so to speak. Uh, even in families that are not all that healthy, they still find some kind of balance where some people overachieve and some underachieve, but anyway, some sort of balance has been, been obtained one way or another. And then when you lose a family member, that balance is disrupted in ways that, some ways that don't even have words. There's just a feeling that things aren't right and that there's a vacuum. And, uh, you know, as you know, I'm particularly interested in how things try to rebalance as we figure out what to do with mom or dad at the top level with an empty space up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, how us, those of us who are kids, <laughs> try to fill in those vacant places where even very young children get drawn into the, to the vacuums within the family. Mm -hmm. so just so, yeah, so when, you've got a, when you've got a loss at the top, you can see even young people moving up, being yeah. parentalized and all sorts of things going on. Yep. Really interesting. Well, I know with this pandemic, um, you, you and I were talking earlier about not only do we have a loss, and now you had a loss a couple of years ago, so yes. now we're sheltering in, and we may have time to be thinking about some of our past losses, and maybe they're even 25 years ago, Yes. You know, and trying to find balance and kind of getting out of balance and That's COVID right. taking us out. I know you've got some thoughts about balancing during COVID. Can you give us those? Yeah, I, I do. I, I've been trying to work with clients right from that first date. What was it? The end of March, we started looking at each other on screens yeah. and listening to people. And everybody was, again, balancing on one foot or less. 
um, not knowing what's coming and feeling, I, I know when I filled up my slide for a previous presentation, the, the list of losses just filled itself. I mean, we've had so many losses that have been connected to the pandemic and has pulled people off track in so many different ways. But I found, and this has, in some ways, there's some research base behind it, but of course we haven't had time to do the formal studies of what a pandemic is in, in 2020. Uh, we can't make a direct line back to, to uh, 1918 quite as well. Mm -hmm. But here's the five things that my clients have found, um, have found helpful. One of them is just something to stabilize. One of them is schedule. I remember my grandma who lived with us in Vermont, we were four generations in our household and she used to say that schedule is really important. That's what keeps us organized. And even when she was totally blind, she'd get up, she'd put on her corset and her hose. She would curl her hair, put on her hairnet, sit down by the, no, she wasn't going anywhere except one room away. And she'd sit down beside her geraniums at the window and she would listen to the radio and just as if she were going to going to work or whatever. So uh, schedule, I think, is really important. And what I've said to my clients is if you don't have a schedule, make one, mm -hmm. make one up and then come as close to following it because from a very primitive age, schedule does help to stabilize us. And I think stabilization is a like key word here. Then another one is structure. And structure is more, it's beyond schedule. It's more about what is it we're going to accomplish during this time? Do we have a goal? Might be working on relationships. It might be getting a book written. It might be doing podcasts, who knows? <laughs> uh, but something that we're gonna try to get done. Um, I had to empty both of my offices because I wasn't gonna pay rent anymore where I yeah. couldn't go. Uh, and yeah. so I've got everything from two offices here at home. So you can imagine there's a lot of goal. There. And another one is one that I think is really important. And I know there are some therapy methods that are all around strength-based therapy. And I found just asking people, what was the most challenging time you ever had in your life so far? And what happened, you know, and then, and how did you get through it? I mean, look at you, you got through it. Mm -hmm. So how did you do that? What strength did you find within yourself? So, and can you tap into that now? You think mm -hmm. you can pull that into the pandemic days in 2020. And people mm -hmm. can come up with some remarkable things and it just calls their attention. Then the, then the fourth one is sharing, uh, to call somebody. You know, mm -hmm. call someone, someone you can trust, someone who's not going to uh, um, make light of whatever it is that's bothering you, but somebody who's going to really honor that. You know, Janice, uh, just to stop on that, uh, Heidi and I, you know, the research has shown that peer support is one of the most important things, peer support and information. And I'll have to tell you that I've been working with an organization in Palo Alto called CARA, and they have assigned me a peer support person, and I meet weekly with Wonderful. a peer support person, a guy who, a man who has lost his uh, wife and also has lost a child, they matched me up beautifully Wonderful. for peer support. And I can't tell you, if, if people are not connecting with somebody, try to find somebody uh, who can be a peer to you yes. and give you some support through the Compassionate Friends or Soaring Spirits Foundation for losses right. past. Yep. There are many things to go to. Yep, some churches have uh, ministry, Stephen's ministry. Some churches have befrienders, depends on what 
which one of the churches, they have different names, but the idea is you get to it, teamed up with somebody who's going to be checking in with you every week. Mm -hmm. And you know, this might be a good time to say, it doesn't matter much how much we know. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of grief experience and, and knowledge before I ever lost my husband. Um, but that doesn't count when it comes to us. No, It's almost like, it's almost like a, it makes it worse in some ways because people who think of you, and that would apply to all of your family, as people who know a lot and who are experts in the field. So what are they going to say to you? They might say something wrong or something foolish. Yep. So people back away from mm -hmm. people who are supposed to know this stuff. And, and that's not fair because what do we know? It's well, we don't know anything. We're all um, beginners. That's right. Beginner's mind. If, you, if you've never had this loss before, you're a beginner. That's right. That's right. And you know, as therapists, the best tool we have is our objectivity, right? Our best tool. Mm -hmm. And when we come to ourselves, we have none. So our best right. tool is gone. It's just mm -hmm. gone. Right? That's a good point. Anyway, the last S that I found was helpful with my clients, and they give me feedback, all right, about what helps and what doesn't, of course. And that is the word salvage. And it's kind of a funny way to use the word, but the idea is, however bad it is, we have to salvage what we can, whether it's the moment whether it's the sunrise, the sunset, a pretty flower, somebody we can have a, a visit with, a talk with, mm. anything. So being very careful that we don't let everything get to be, every second, be about our loss. Mm -hmm. And I think starting to notice that with inside ourselves, but also with others. Did you notice the cardinal? We've got cardinals out back now that just keep coming back to visit. And they're just, they look tropical. And here they are in the middle of cold, snowy Minnesota. Wow. Uh, they just stand out because they're so bright red, you know. Yeah. So, but I think that all of the meditation approaches and yoga and all the things that slow us down and center us at our very core are critical right now. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad used to say, sometimes we meet ourselves coming back. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and I think there's something about that, that that stabilization has to start within. Mm -hmm. And that anything that we can do, whether it's music or dancing or exercise or yoga, any of them, you have some beautiful music and things on your website that people can tune in that will help them feel less fragmented and less scattered to the universe. Mm -hmm. um, so salvaging the moment, uh, even if maybe next hour is not very comfortable and, and painful and full of sadness, we have in five or 10 minutes, as we are talking to each other today, that was good. That was pleasant. And, yeah. and meaningful. So, we weren't meant as human beings, we're not meant to grieve 24-7. No. We no. you can't do that. Nope. Freud said you can neither look at the sun nor death for long. Uh, uh, you have to look away. And you know, as you as you folks know, people can feel kind of guilty for looking away from the loss, especially when it's fresh. How can I not be thinking about my husband or my sweetheart or my daughter or my son? How come oh, how can I be having fun? How can I be having fun? Well, right. we better be because you cannot stare at the sun. You can only look at it just so long and then you have to look away. Mm -hmm. And I think diversion and distraction are underrated. Right. Uh, we have to rest our poor brains. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, a woman named Robin Wright had an article in the New Yorker and she was quoting a man named Jim Conan, who's at the University of Virginia. And he did a beautiful job explaining something that I think we have to remember. And it, we all know it, but it felt good to hear it so clear. He said, we only have just so much blood to our brain. It's a mm -hmm. finite amount. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And the brain lends the blood to various parts depending on where the need is. And here we are in this situation that we're all in. And I like to use the, my hand. We've got five major stressors going on. We've got whatever's going on in our own family. I use the thumb because that's wide and thicker. <laughs> whatever's <laughs> going on inside us, maybe personally inside our bodies, in our families. Then we've got the pandemic. And then we've got the, the political turmoil. Mm -hmm. We have racial strife and we have global warming. Wow. Five, every, every one of us, five yeah. major stressors. Yeah. So how can our poor brains, how can our poor brains handle all that? Some of it is intellectual. Some of it is emotional. Some of it is like run like heck because we're in trouble. You know, what's that thing? Danger, danger. Mm -hmm. uh, how can our poor brains uh, cover this much territory and all of them are ongoing? Right. And that's just the topic. That's just the titles. That's yeah, without right. the detail that's underneath each one. Right. At our family, what we've been going through now is the holiday, and we have all of our major losses right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the 19th of December um, is the anniversary of my husband's death. We were together 53 years, and he died in 2010. Mm -hmm. My daughter died the same year on January 17th, so we're a month now, less than a month away from her her anniversary. Mm -hmm. Then I lost my sweetheart of mm -hmm. five years. He died on the 28th of, Jan of okay. December. So we've got the 19th of December, the 28th of December, the 17th of January. Then in the middle of there, we had January um, the 10th, which is when my husband and I both lost our fathers on the same day. Wow. Um, my dad died in the morning from a heart attack and his dad died that same evening same town. They were in the obituary together in Brattleboro, Vermont. And uh, we just think they, Grandpa Nato took a look and said, well, Ray's gone. The kids are all home. I might as well go too. We've had a similar situation, Janice. Have you? And my mother lost her uncle. I lost my aunt and my father within a month. I mean, we've had a, a, an amazing- My uncle and aunt died within a day of each other. Isn't that amazing? My father's last brother. Yes. Of 10. People say, you know, you, your loved one would want you to be happy right now. They would want you to be joyful. And like you said, Janice, we know that intellectually, but sometimes our emotions and our hearts take a while to catch up with our heads. Yes. Yes. And, and we wonder why, you know, what I, what I have been fascinated by is just how much exhaustion there is, you know, what's exciting about a book that's called the tiredness of grief. How many people do you think would pick that up? Right. You know, I mean, really, but how much of it is tiredness and exhaustion, our poor bodies, our brains, we're, we're cooking on that grief, at least on the back burner all the time. That's right. And, and you can only cope with so much. And I think one of the things I think we've come up with a little bit that we haven't talked about yet is humor. Yes. We've all laughed a little bit here and smiled. And I think that's one of the ways that we cope, find a little humor. Yeah, you watch a That's funny exactly. movie, do something. You're not meant to grieve 24-7. You know, when people think of their more stressful times, what do they tend to turn to? And of course, we have to be careful because it's certainly it's, it's food, it's alcohol, it's other chemicals. It's overdoing, even overdoing exercise, overdoing anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think we're, we're vulnerable because we have that, that feeling of need and lack and, and, and emptiness that we try to fill up with something. My website is drjanice.net. Thank you.
Great. And where can people get your book? You know what I've come to do? It's pretty pricey now. The hardcover is like 120 or something like that. So what I've been doing, frankly, is I've been going online on Amazon and finding secondhand uh, okay. paperbacks. It, you know, it says the same thing in there, even if somebody <laughs> read it. Okay, so her, her book is Families Making Sense of Death. And Janice, thank you. What wonderful information you've given us today. You're an absolute delight. And I can't wait to hug you in person again. Well, we're going to have to hang around and do a whole lot of hugging, aren't we? It's going to, be, <laughs> we it's going to make for some wonderful grief meetings, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> That's for sure. Thank you for normalizing the fact that when somebody in the family dies, there is a vacuum and a void. And it's for a while, it feels very out of balance, yep. you know, as we all try to realign our roles in the family without a significant member, in my case right now, my dad. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And Heidi and I, I'm sure Janice, all want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.